Welcome to Watch Therefore, the program designed to help the follower of Messiah Jesus to obey his command to watch therefore and be ready for you don't know the hour or the day the Son of Man is coming. Dove Schwartz here at the Sea of Galilee proclaiming that now like never before is time to watch therefore and be ready for our Savior to come and take us to that place he has been preparing for us. Remember, watch therefore and be ready. glad to be with you today. We have such a special program and this first segment I think is going to be so important and impacting to help us watch therefore and to be ready. Let's start off with a word of prayer. Oh Father in heaven, thank you in Messiah Jesus name for this opportunity we have to sit around your word and what you're doing in this generation to prepare us to watch therefore and be ready. Bless all of our viewers today. We ask it in Messiah Jesus name and all who prayed in agreement said Amen. Well, I'm in a special series right now where I take part of the program and share and introduce chapters uh, of my book, America's Ark, The Only Safe Place for Americans Today. Kind of like Noah's Ark was a place, place of refuge in a time of great judgment. What I'm going to do is, is remind you uh, that in previous series, I talked about how the Lord was waking me up in the middle of the night with Ezekiel chapter 14. This was in the summer of 2001. So I'm going to read this passage beginning in Ezekiel 14 verse 12, and then I'm going to introduce three chapters of my book, America's Ark, today. Here we go. The word of the Lord came again to me, saying, Son of man, when a land sins against me by persistent unfaithfulness, I will stretch out my hand against it. I will cut off its supply of bread, sun, famine on it, and cut off man and beast from it. Even if these three men, Noah, Daniel, and Job, were in it, they would deliver only themselves by their righteousness, says the Lord God. If I cause wild beasts to pass through the land, and they empty it and make it so desolate that no man may pass through because of the beasts, even though these three men were in it, as I live, says the Lord God, they would deliver neither sons nor daughters, only they would be delivered and the land would be desolate. Or if I bring a sword on that land and say, sword, go through the land, and I cut off man and beast from it, even though these three men were in it, as I live, says the Lord God, they would deliver neither sons nor daughters, but only they themselves would be delivered. Or if I send a pestilence into that land and pour out my fury on it in blood and cut off from it man and beast, even though Noah, Daniel, and Job were in it, as I live, says the Lord God, they would deliver neither son nor daughter. They would deliver only themselves by their righteousness. So what we see here is the Lord proclaiming over a land, for example, Israel, who had had experiences with him, who had been given his word. The country was founded on biblical principles, but they had so turned away from God that they began to shake their fist in his face and behave in a way that would anger him and that would uh, challenge his holiness and his righteousness. And, and so in the midst of these four judgments that he promises will come, he also provides a place of refuge, a place of peace 
from these judgments. And, and, and so that's why I call this book America's Ark, the only safe place for Americans today. Certainly there's no other nation in the world that has been founded as deeply and as firmly on the foundation of not only the, the Hebrew scriptures, the Old Testament, but also the New Testament as well. Now, don't get me wrong. There have been moves of God all over the world down through time. For example, the Reformation uh, took place in, in uh, much of Europe. And as regions were impacted by the gospel and they changed their ways and their laws and their culture uh, to line up with the word of God, certainly God gave his favor at that time. And, and a great example also is England, which I've discussed on this program today, and how the Lord raised it up as an empire and blessed it as it was a nation who lined up with God's ways and, and embraced him as he moved across the land. But then later, England turned away in great fashion. There's still a remnant there. I talked about how I know English people are precious souls who love the Lord, yet the culture has turned away from the Lord, and so they have lost their empire. And that brings us to America. And what I talk about in chapter 3, and I'm going to introduce three chapters today. In chapter 3 is the Lord's founding and establishing of America. And the verse that I use is Psalm 33, 12. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord, the people he has chosen as his own inheritance. And in my book, I talk about the Puritans in the 1600s. And then in the 1700s, uh, those leaders in the colonies and, and uh, the leaders of the, uh, the, not only the leaders of the colonies, but also how they wrote the charters for the colonies is what I'm trying to say. And the culture of the colonies, uh, the Delaware Charter, uh, the Constitution of Maryland, or a couple examples I give in my book. And they talk about Jesus Christ. They talk about the scriptures and, and, and how their culture should be under the word of God and that they should be the people of God. Uh, in the U.S. Constitution, and with regard to the signers of the U.S. Constitution, let me remind you that we've been told for decades that the signers of the U.S. Constitutions were not Christians. They didn't believe in Jesus. They were deists uh, at best. And of course, a deist basically is one who believes that there's a God up there somewhere, but he's not really all that involved with the events of humanity and what's going on here in the world. But if you look at the signers of the Constitution, and I've got page after page of them, you see their church affiliations, and with many of them, their faith in Jesus Christ. And I have quotes from, from them and, and other uh, founding leaders, uh, shakers and movers at the founding of America. Listen to President George Washington in response to some of the American Indians in Delaware who had requested uh, educational opportunities for their children. Here's what George Washington said. You do well to wish to learn our arts and our ways of life and above all the religion of Jesus Christ. These will make you a greater and happier people than you are. Congress will do everything they can to assist you in this wise intention. Wow, doesn't sound like the first president of the United States understands the separation between church and state, but of course, neither do the rest of these that I'm gonna quote. For example, Thomas Jefferson wrote, God who gave us life gave us liberty, and can the liberties of a nation be thought secure when we have removed their only firm basis, a conviction in the minds of the people that these liberties are a gift from God, that they are not to be violated, but with his wrath. Indeed, I tremble for my country when I reflect that God is just and that his justice cannot sleep forever. Think of this. Thomas Jefferson is the one who's, who 
wrote a, he wrote a letter that was perverted and twisted around to say somehow that there's this separation between church and state that is not in the Constitution, which makes it so we have all these crazy things going today like the ACLU and others suing people for having a cross in a cemetery and for having the Ten Commandments up in a courtroom and so on. No, he believed in the God of the Bible. America's first Supreme Court Chief Justice John Jay said this, Providence has given to our people the choice of their rulers, and it is the duty as well as the privilege and interest of our Christian nation to select and prefer Christians for their rulers. <gasps> the first Chief Justice of the Supreme Court said that? Well, either he didn't understand the separation between church and state, or it has been, been perverted and added this separation of church and state to the Constitution of the United States. You see, or the interpretation of it, of the Constitution. Now, folks, we've been sold a bill of goods in America, which, has been, which have been sold to us to steal the country. And now what has replaced the things of God are God-haters, other types of atheists and false religions. And the first commandment is, thou shalt have no other gods before me. Uh, on the national monuments of the United States, there are all of these biblical and faith quotes um, as well. And of course, there's President Abraham Lincoln's proclama proclamation, a day of national humiliation, fasting and prayer uh, that I have in my book, or introduced in my book as well. Now in chapter four, I talk about the education, the family, and the evangelical Christian religion in early America. And I use the passage from Deuteronomy 6, you shall teach them biblical principles diligently to your children. Listen, folks, it was the opposite of today. Back in a time in America that was so much different than the America we live in today, from kindergarten through grade school, through high school, and then into college and postgraduate, children were taught the Bible. Children were taught the Bible. I talk in my book about this. The McGuffey readers that were across the land and in schools that taught children not only reading, writing, and arithmetic, but also how to be a decent person, how to know the ways of God, boundaries of God that were set that we needed to stay within. Uh, and I have quotes by Noah Webster, higher learning uh, here in the colleges. Listen to this. Most of the colleges in the United States that started over 300 years ago were Bible proclaiming schools originally. I talk about Harvard and Princeton. And now what comes out of Harvard and Princeton? The other day I was watching a God-hating professor who was cursing uh, a God and, the, and, and that people would believe in him and making them sound so stupid. You see, how America has been changed from what it was. And, and, and then in chapter five of my book, I talk about the big three. In the Bible, there are three big sins, any one of which would provoke the wrath of God on a nation. What are they? Shedding of innocent blood, uh, implementing laws that uh, would support widespread homosexuality, and coming against the nation of Israel. That's why I call them the big three. And for decades, 
sadly, to a great degree, America has been up to its ears in all three. And even more so today than ever. Now, President Trump is in office and is standing for the unborn where he can and has uh, expressed a great support of Israel. So I believe that's a window, a breath of fresh air if he continues on that path. But folks, we're going to need to get into America's Ark, the only safe place for Americans today. I'm going to talk in in the next few programs uh, in greater detail about America today and what's going on. And then after that, I'm going to talk about the place of refuge the Lord has provided that are in, in later chapters of my book. And I encourage you, as we go to this break, and I talk about many things, including how to get this book, and I think you're going to like the way that we've provided to do that, I encourage you, get into America's Ark, the only safe place for Americans today. It'll help you watch, therefore, and be ready. Well, I pray you're enjoying the program today, and I'm so thankful to the Lord for keeping us on the air and expanding the program. How's he doing that? He's raising up faithful Watch Therefore partners who are prayer partners and financial partners. And I want to say thank you uh, if you're watching and you're one of our partners that way. Now, before I talk about money, I want to say this. If you haven't received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, please do not send any money into this ministry. We don't want your money. We want you to receive Jesus as Lord and then simply enjoy the program today. Be our guests. But for those who who do embrace the Lord and walk with Him and understand principles of sowing and reaping, laying your treasures up in heaven, we want to encourage you to go before the Lord in prayer and ask Him if He would have you to be one of our Watch Therefore partners. And, And know when you do so, there's ways you can keep up with our ministry. And our ministry is more than just the television program, though it, it's very effective and it's spreading. We're very thankful for that. We, we are not only watching for the coming of the Lord, but we're also getting ready by bearing fruit that will remain forever. How are we doing that? To the Jew first and then to the nations, just like Romans 1.16 says, we're making disciples. We um, have our ministry, Blessing Israeli Believers, that was co-founded by our ministry partner, John McTurnan and myself here in Israel. We're seeing such fruit and such exciting things. And when you go to our our website, watchtherefore.tv, you can find out more about Blessing Israeli Believers. And also there, you'll find find out about our ministry poured out for the nations. I've been in 10 African countries. Right now, we're kind of focusing on two, Uganda and Nigeria, with the gospel, pastors, conferences, discipleship, orphan humanitarian aid. It's just really exciting. All in the name of Messiah Yeshua. And we're, we're seeing great fruit. We're seeing people come to the Lord. We're seeing disciples being made. We're seeing orphans taught um, um, English along with a couple other languages that they already know. We have a water well project. We've put in a water well at a refugee camp in Uganda. So here's what you can do. Sign up for our monthly newsletters for Blessing Israeli Believers and Poured Out for the Nations by going to watchtherefore.tv. Now, I'd like to take the rest of this break to share with you our book, America's Ark, The Only Safe Place for Americans Today. Now, I'm, I'm in a teaching series on this book, and it's so important. It will help you understand how to walk in the Lord's ways such that you will be in a place of refuge as you're watching for Messiah to come and boldly living for him. Oh, listen, it's so important to understand his place of grace, his place of mercy, very specific principles that we find in the lives of Noah, 
Daniel and Job that you'll find in my book, America's Ark, The Only Safe Place for Americans Today. For any gift that comes into our ministries, watch therefore, blessings really believers, poured out for the nations. For any gift, you'll receive our book, America's Ark, The Only Safe Place place for Americans today. What I, I need you to do though is, is if you send in a check or if you online if you give online to make sure you write somewhere in the notes section the book America's Ark. America's Ark. Back to the program, Watch Therefore. Welcome back to Watch Therefore. I have a teaching from the New Covenant Scriptures that is so encouraging and challenges us in this time like never before, to stay very close to Messiah Jesus. I'm going to begin reading in Mark chapter 8, and watch how our Lord blesses and has compassion. Then, in the first century, and he has the same compassion and grace and mercy for you and me today. Beginning in chapter 8, verse 1, chapter, uh, the book of Mark. In those days, the multitude being very great and having nothing to eat, Jesus called his disciples to him and said to them, I have compassion on the multitude because they have now continued with me three days and have nothing to eat. And if I send them away hungry to their own houses, they will faint on the way for some of them have come from afar. Messiah Jesus has this great following. Why? Because he's healing and forgiving and showing the goodness of God and the love of God the Father to the precious souls in Israel at that time. And, and, and he wants to do the same thing today with you and with me. We live in a world it is becoming so cold and so dark. I've got a dear friend of mine who lives in Jerusalem, and he was talking with an atheist one day. And as the atheist began to assert his, his um, unbelief in the true and living God, or in any God actually, and, and share with him how that practically played out in his daily living, my friend in Jerusalem had a very interesting response. He said, Yours is a very cold world, and I should not want to live in your world. Think of that. Think of that. And, and, and certainly, that's what we see today more than ever, a very cold world that is rejecting the love and the compassion of God. But for those who are following him, look at this. He has compassion on them. And not, it's not sympathy. It's a heartfelt love that has to act, that has to move, that has to do something to help these precious ones who were in need. And in this time, it's the need for sustenance, for the need for food. And in verse 4, we see his disciples respond. Then his disciples answered him, how can one satisfy these people with bread here in the wilderness? And, and the great thing about this is that Messiah Jesus is the bread of life. He was born in Bethlehem, which is Hebrew for the house of bread. Um, 
Incidentally, I find it very interesting that today, those who call themselves Palestinians, who populate and run the city, uh, the town of Bethlehem, say it has always been a Palestinian town, which is Arabic, right? Well, if that's the case, why is it named in Hebrew the house of bread? I find that interesting. Anyhow, Messiah Jesus is the bread of life. And, and his disciples ask him, how can we satisfy all these people with bread here in the wilderness? And Messiah Jesus asked them, how many loaves do you have? And they said, seven. So in verse 6, so he commanded the multitude to sit down on the ground and he took the seven loaves and gave thanks, broke them and gave them to his disciples to set before them. And they set, before, they set them before the multitude. They also had a few small fish and having blessed them, he said to set them also before them. So they ate and were filled and they took up seven large baskets left over of leftover fragments. Let's go down to verse, the end of verse 10. Now those who had eaten were about 4,000 and he sent them away, immediately got into the boat with his disciples and came to the region of Dalmanutha. So we see this, that as they abide with Messiah Jesus in the wilderness, he makes a way for them in the wilderness. Think of this as it pertains to us today increasingly we can see what has always been. This world is a wilderness. This world is a wilderness. Oh, there's so much bad. There's so much ugly. There's so much horror and tragedy and difficulty and trouble in this life, in this world. And the Bible even says in 1 John 5, 19, that the whole world lies under the sway of the wicked one. But that's okay. Messiah Jesus said, in the world, you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. How did he do that? He died on the cross for our sins. He was buried on the third day. He rose again. Death could not keep him in the grave. I'll talk more about that in just a moment. But first, I want to hammer this home. Today, we can faithfully follow Messiah Jesus. We can stay close to him in this wilderness. I tell people, uh, you know, I've had people say to me, you know, aren't you scared to live in Israel? And wherever we are in the world, for example, if we're in Texas and they say that, or in Ohio and America recently where people said that, I say, just turn on your nightly news for the next five nights and watch it and come back and have this discussion with me. I had one lady say, I can't do it. I can't watch the news five nights in a row. Why? Because this world is a wilderness. But Messiah Jesus is still the bread of life today here in the wilderness. And there was so much food for the multitude from those seven loaves and few fish. There was so much that there was some left over to put in baskets. What's the lesson here? Not only does God give us grace, but it says Paul writes to Timothy that he gives us more than abundant grace, exceedingly abundant grace. And that's why we should be of good cheer, for he has overcome the world. Are you abiding in Messiah Jesus in this wilderness? Is there a hunger 
to read the Bible and to learn God's ways and to walk in them in your heart, in your mind, in your everyday life? Uh, Do you have a strong desire to be a godly man or woman in your home, in your church, in your workplace because of the spirit of the living God filling you with the spirit of grace and mercy every day? Does that describe who you are? Are you growing in grace? Are you becoming more like Jesus the Lord today than you were last year at this time? Maybe you're watching today and you've never received Jesus as your Savior at all. You might be religious. You might have a Bible. You might go to church. You might have a bad hangover and have turned on this program accidentally, you might think, but it's no accident at all. You might be like me when I would come home from the bars and I was miserable many years ago and I would begin turning on Christian television to watch it, to, to, to find is maybe there's an answer here. And there wasn't unanswer there was it was the answer he is the way the truth the life Jesus Christ the Lord and and the problem with this world that makes it a wilderness is our sin nobody wants to talk about the data or if you want to talk about that today but the reality is it's our sin and Messiah Jesus who was without sin lived on this life on this earth walked out this life without sinning against God at all died on the cross to pay for our sins the justice the wrath of God for our sins, he took upon himself and he extends to us the gift of his righteousness, the gift of his righteousness. And as we seek after him, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. Matthew 6, 33, one of my favorite verses. As you live out your life, born again, having received Jesus as your savior and he puts his Holy Spirit in you and gives you a new identity, a new heart and a new life then you can experience his compassion, his mercy, his way forward for you when all you see is obstacles. You can experience his abundant grace in this wilderness. And there's coming a day, he promises, where he'll come in the clouds and take us back to a place he's been preparing for us for about 2,000 years. Come and go with me to my father's house. If you've never received Jesus as your savior, cry out to him now, Jesus, Lord, save me, I'm a sinner. Oh, Father in heaven, help me live a life that honors you. Turn away from your sins now. Put your faith in Messiah Jesus and follow after him. Get into a Bible teaching church that teaches the whole Bible. Serve the Lord and watch for him to come every day and get ready for him to do so by living a godly life. It's been so good to be with you on the program today. And as we end the program, here's how we do it. Watch therefore and be ready. Thank you for joining us for our program today. Our program is sponsored by the friends and partners of Watch Therefore Ministries. In future programs, we'll have many more Watch Therefore teachings from the Bible, worship, and exciting interviews with our believing partners in Israel and around the world. Please contact us at doveschwartz62 at yahoo.com. That's D-O-V-S-C-H-W-A-R-Z 62 at yahoo.com. And if you would like to subscribe to our newsletter, you can fill out a contact form on the website, watchtherefore.tv. We also have audio programs available on our website, watchtherefore.tv. We are on social media since it is an amazing tool to share the gospel and communicate with one another. Feel free to also find us there at Watch Therefore TV.
Until next time, we're watching for King Jesus to return. Watch therefore and be ready.